But again, you want to retire early and you need to take that to make your income meet. Okay, I get it. That may be a situation to claim it early, but 62 is the earliest. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Glad to have you back on Perfect Game Retirement. I've been George alongside Ryan Ledden, President and Financial Coach over at Black Oak Asset Management. You'll find them online at blackoakam.com. Got a good show today. Ryan, I don't know how much you pay attention to birthdays uh, for yourself as you get older, right? Your kids obviously are really into them, but as we age, we just, you know, we kind of, we don't celebrate them quite as much, do we? No. <laughs> I think it's for good reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do, yeah, we my dad did. just had a 75th birthday, so that was kind of cool. I guess I think it's like you say, there's this gap. Like when they're when you're young, they're the greatest things ever, and then then middle age life, you're like, yeah, let's don't really worry about it. And then you know, as you do get older, it's it's celebrated a good bit more. So I think it's we're in those sandwich years that you just don't. Yeah, let's go out to dinner, but who cares how old I am? Right, you're old enough to where you know you you don't can't use it as an excuse for a night out because either you have <laughs> kids or you're just old and. And can't recover as well. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, once you get to those milestone ages, it becomes a little bit more important, right? And you celebrate those. But we're going to talk today about some of those, I guess we can call them some of those sandwich uh, ages, but some of the ones you don't really think about as much, but why they are so important to retirement planning. So there are some key ages that you'll want to, some birthdays that you want to keep in mind when you hit these ages. Hey, let me have a conversation with my financial coach, figure out uh, what I should be doing. Are there some changes that need to be made? Are there some options I have now, some opportunities that I have that I didn't have before? So we'll take you through all that today on the show, plus a couple of mailbag questions later on. So a full show as always. And again, I'll remind you, we'll put this up online at blackoakam.com. Also some great resources there as well, including a retirement rescue toolkit, retirement calculator, and also it's the easiest way to schedule your retirement coach 360 session. You can do it right there online. But if you want to call Black Oak, you can do so at 470-508-0508. Everything else good, uh, Ryan, with you guys and the family? Yeah, we're good. I think the last time we recorded, we were like, oh, hopefully there's going to be baseball. And there yep. is. Yeah. Uh, so as we're recording this, we just got cranked up. So I love it. There's something on TV every night now. <laughs> I know. Isn't it great? Yeah, we, we had our doubts. Uh, but it, it happened pretty quickly, and I'm glad it did. It did. It, it it really did. I mean, it, even though they were in spring training for a few weeks, it absolutely did not did not seem like it. I think because the anticipation was there, and then once we realized it was going to happen, then those however many weeks, three weeks or so, just mm-hmm. absolutely flew by. And all of a sudden, you started seeing commercials for uh, opening day. I mean, we were we were on family vacation down in Cancun when the Braves and the Reds uh, opened up on ESPN on, on a Thursday night. So. Uh, that was that was still cool. Thank goodness it was ESPN because if it was you know the the Southeast Network, uh, right. we wouldn't have seen that game. But anyway, it was just great to great to actually see uh, on TV again. Yeah, it was, and we you know we we talked about it going into our last episodes. If you haven't checked it out, it's about you know retirement planning and baseball and, and some of the strategies from the sport that you can apply to your finances and and and, uh, and improve yourself. So check that out if you haven't. I think it's a pretty fun episode. To go back and listen through. Uh, let's talk today about some birthdays. Um, I want to I want to go through some key ages here. Some of these I know I think Ryan people will just will kind of know and say, oh yeah, I'm I'm pretty aware of that. But I think there's some ages here that that people might either have just forgotten about or just might not even be aware of at all. 
Yeah, it is. And we we were kind of tossing this show topic around in ages. And some of it is you assume a lot of people know. And that's where, as advisors, anytime we assume people know anything as far as financially related. But in this case, it's financially related in different ages in which um, you know, either putting more money in or taking more money out or being eligible for Medicare or required minimum distributions. And cause those numbers have changed and you know, what is full retirement for social security? When can we actually claim it? Anyway, there's a lot of, a lot of that being thrown around. And as we live longer and age up, if you will, these, these ages get more and more important. And as our audience continues to age like myself, um, I'm still under the the first age that we're going to cover here, but it's kind of knocking on the door here pretty soon. <laughs> but uh, so, so far, these don't apply to me, which I'm thankful for. But a lot of my clients, it does. You know, Ryan, honestly, like looking at these ages, it was the first time, like one of the first times kind of starts setting in like, man, I'm closer to retirement than I ever really thought before. Right. <laughs> because we start off with the age 50. Um, which you don't think of as a key retirement age necessarily, and you're still a ways off for many people from retirement. But 50 is an important age because it gives you a chance to either maybe make up some ground or, or, or stash away a little bit extra. Absolutely. And this goes with IRA contributions, retirement plan contributions. And, and you know, we won't go through every single retirement plan and what those catch up contributions are. But Probably the biggest the biggest two that apply are any type of uh, IRA, whether it's a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. You may hear the term, uh, like you said, Ben, uh, catch-up contributions. Mm -hmm. And so you are getting older and you are getting closer to retirement and it allows you to uh, have more capacity to save. Now, the Roth IRA and the traditional IRA, it's not a whole lot more. It's an extra thousand bucks, which... Relatively speaking, is still a decent amount because as of now, if you're under the age of 50, you can only put in $6,000. So that means obviously once you turn 50 in that calendar year, you are eligible to put in that extra thousand, which takes you to obviously $7,000 a year. And that's per person, which is $583.33 for those of you who are doing the math because 6,000 is pretty easy. It's 500 bucks a month. So it does allow you to put in a little bit more. Obviously, the, the biggest impact is going to be your 401k, uh, 403b plans. If you're under the age of 50, you can do 20500 this year, which again, you got to remember people who are listening out there each year, be aware um, that the, the government announces at the end of each year what it's going to be for next year. So a lot of times I, I, I talk to people at the beginning of a year and they say, oh, it's still 19000 or I'm putting in nineteen five. I'm like, well... That was the maximum for last year. Now it's 20500 for those under the age of 50. Those of you over the age of 50, you can put in an extra $6,500, which makes it even 27000 of your contributions. And that's either Roth 401k or your traditional pre-tax 401k. You're allowed to put $27,000 per year in there. That does not include the employer match. So that is on top of it or in addition to. But So that's probably the biggest impact is, is your retirement plans through work. Make sure you're aware of that. Again, the year you turn age 50, you are allowed to bump those contributions uh, up. So again, 27000 over the age of 50 in your retirement plans and 7000 for your traditional and Roth IRAs. 
All right, some, some important things to know. I mean, you might have heard about catch-up contributions, but get with your advisor to get the specifics and, and figure out how you can t- best take advantage of that. So it works well for anyone. You don't have to necessarily be behind, right, Ryan? You just, it's a great chance to put yourself in an even better position when you get to retirement. Absolutely. And I tell people, obviously, rates of return are that's, people want a good rate of return. I get that. I understand that. It's your savings rate. As you get older, once you start getting over the age of 50 and over the age of 55, 60, whatever it may be, the most important thing is the rate at which you are saving because you're in that home stretch. Not necessarily, well, home stretch toward retirement, but also your 50s is usually your highest wage earning uh, decade. Not mm-hmm. That's statistically speaking, that's not proven across the board, but there's a lot of people who start making more money in, the, in their 50s one, you're making good income, but also you have maybe kids falling off the payroll that you're not having to pay for them, pay for their college. Maybe weddings are out of the way. So you do have a lot more uh, capacity, if you will, to save. So it's really important your savings rate, not just your rate of return. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Age 55. This is a good one because this might be one of the ages that people aren't as familiar with or might not think it's that important. But this is a good one, especially for those that are maybe thinking about stepping away from work earlier because you can actually start tapping into some of those retirement accounts, right? Yes. And, and this is really, really important. And and there are, it's very rare when people know this kind of loophole as far as avoiding the 10% penalty. So some people think, Oh, I can't take money out of my old 401k or old 403b old retirement account uh, until I'm 59 and a half. Well, that's not true. So once you get to age uh, 55, you are eligible. And this is for a place like you've retired or you have left this job. So this is a old 401k that's still sitting there. You can take funds out of that account. If it's pre-tax, you still have to pay your federal. And if state tax applies, you still have to pay that, but you avoid your 10% penalty. And we work with a lot of government employees, whether that's in the education space, whether that's anyone who's uh, participating to the TSP program with the federal government. A lot of people retire early because they have a pension. Well, um, we just, we've done several TSP uh, rollovers where they leave a certain chunk of money in those accounts. That way they have access to them if they do need to bridge any type of income loss from their working lives to their pension lives they can take money out of that and avoid a 10% uh, penalty. And then anything above and beyond that, they can go ahead and roll over. Now, when they get to the next age, we're going to talk about here, then, okay, roll the whole thing over and combine it uh, once they get 59 and a half. But this is is crucial. People who retire early and they don't have that bridge account. What I mean by bridge account, a bridge account is just a non-qualified account that's not in some type of a retirement account. So just a a brokerage account or an individual investment account or a joint account. Those are all the same things. It's just depending on how it's titled, but it's an investment account that's liquid. So if people want to retire early, I tell people this may, this, this bridge account, if you will, may be that type of account you want to save in where it bridges that gap between when you think you want to retire and that age in which you can start taking retirement funds out. So there's no penalty to take those funds out of a bridge account. Now you have short-term and long-term cap gains or any interest uh, dividend taxes that you have to pay for, but you still have access to that and you're not paying. It could be more tax efficient than taking it out of a retirement plan and paying that 10% 
uh, penalty um, if it's in an IRA. But again, if you leave it in that old 401k, just got to pay taxes if it's pre-tax and you avoid the 10% penalty, which is huge. There's a lot of people that do not uh, do not know that and they have that ability to maybe retire early because they have access to those funds and not pay that 10% penalty. Yeah, that's great to know. And it's um, also important to remind people that you also don't have to take advantage of this if it's available to you, right? So, uh, but that option is there at 55. So that's something to keep in mind. All right. Last age in your 50s is 59 and a half. I love the half ages that the IRS throws out there to us, but what happens here? So yeah, 59 and a half, it's one of those ages that if people don't know about, they kind of give you this puzzled look. I'm like, I didn't make that age up. That's that's coming from lawmakers <laughs> who came up with that, with that age. But 59 and a half is any type of uh, IRA account, and especially like a Roth account. As long as it's been in there for five years, that's kind of the key. There's a little bit of a nuance there that... Uh, a Roth IRA is not 100% tax-free. Let's say you opened a Roth at age 57 and you turn 59 and a half. You're like, oh, I need to take money out of my Roth IRA. Well, not so fast. The the gains inside of that account are going to are gonna cost you some tax dollars. Now, once it's in there five years, I call it the five-year rule. Once it's in there five years, then you're fine. Uh, but up until that point, most people have probably started a Roth way before this time period. But if they haven't, there is a five-year rule that applies. But at age 59, you can take money out of old 401ks, Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, and you avoid that 10% penalty on those, uh, mainly those pre-tax accounts. So 59 and a half is kind of a crucial age you need to be aware of that um, you can start taking money and avoid that 10% uh, penalty, just like you did on the last example, if you keep your money in your old 401k. But these are mainly applied to IRAs, Again, five-year rule applies, but if it's in there, 59 and a half, it's been in there longer than five years, you have access to it, you can take your money out. All right, so we're through our 50s. Now we get into our 60s. Obviously, this is where a lot of people have really started thinking hard about retirement. Hopefully, you've been planning for a, a few years at least at this point. But you know, anyone that's thinking about early retirement too, these are some key ages coming up that you have to kind of keep in mind as you first start trying to figure out income. Social Security can kick in at 62. It can. It, 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 that's the earliest age that you can take it at. And there's a lot of people who, you know, have the mindset of, oh, it's 62, I'm eligible. I'm going to go ahead and take this money out because I can. And Social Security is going under. Eh, you hear that all the time. And okay, that's, that's one argument. I'm, I don't necessarily agree with it. Now, if it's a part of a plan and that's when you need to do it, that, I get it. That's, that's perfectly fine. Don't claim it because you think it's going away. I completely disagree with that. Again, we've talked about this many times on this show. There's probably going to be some sort of modification or change or tax or age or whatever it may be. I don't think for people who are going to claim it, they're going to, it's usually something that's grandfathered in. So, hey, after this date, after this date, after this date, there could be changes to it. But don't claim it because of you're now eligible and. Now, again, if, if health problems come into play, like, hey, I don't think I'm going to be able to claim this for very long. Okay, I get it. There's a break even of, of claiming it early versus delaying. And obviously, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. I know, but it's an educated answer, an educated guess, if you will, on when to claim it. But if you have a longevity issue and you're a single person, okay, it may make sense to go ahead and go ahead and claim it. 
Now, just because you have a health issue, but you're married, okay, that still may be, maybe we don't claim it because your benefit may be higher than your spouse's and they get a spousal benefit. So there's, there's some definitely figuring out, if you will, uh, of what you should do. But 62 is definitely the earliest age you can claim social security. Now you can claim it while you're still working at age 62, but you are going to pay, uh, you're going to take a haircut, if you will, of uh, any money that you earn over a certain dollar amount. And again, you kind of, I don't want to get into the weeds on this show, but if you earn over a certain dollar amount, there's, uh, there's some penalties, if you will, uh, that they lessen that social security check. So if you're fully employed, you don't need that money. I tell people, okay, in that case, definitely delay it because you're just going to get delayed credits, which increase your dollar amount. You're putting more into the system. So it usually works out as long as you're working full time and you're before your full retirement age, it's usually best to continue to delay it. But again, you want to retire early and you need to take that to make your income meet. Okay. I get it. That may be a situation to claim it early, but 62 is the earliest. Yeah. You definitely want to have a strategy in place before you decide what you want to do. Uh, but keep in mind that 62 is when that claim can kick in if you choose to. All right. Next one. And this is another important one. If you are, you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay for healthcare costs, especially retiring early. Well, 65 is that, that magic age for Medicare. Yeah. And this, I, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole too far because this is not my area of expertise. We have another advisor in our office and, and she specializes in Medicare and what plans to do. But I do know, yes, yeah, 65 is when you're eligible. Uh, they usually tell you to go ahead and at least uh, sign up for part A, at least get into the system, if you will. And then you know, if you're still working, you may be a part of the healthcare plan through work. But if you're retired, that's, this is where the biggest issue is. People who retire early, what does that health care look like if you're not employed and you're not in a government pension type job where they still pay for your health care? What if you're not? Then you got to go outside and get some independent plan until Medicare picks up. But it's alphabet soup. Uh, there's so many different things to claim within that. And I know that's not the point of this show and episode. It's mainly to say, hey, it's 65 or a little bit before age 65, this needs to be on your radar because you will get inundated with advertising. And it's, I mean, it's <laughs> mind numbing. You'll get so much stuff. So we try to offer it to our clients and it, that way they don't have to outsource that. It's, we can keep it internal and still, you know, serve our clients and go through and make it make it as simple as possible because it can be really complex and what's right for you every plan's a little bit different and you got Medicare Advantage anyway it's it's a lot but 65 is when that needs to be on your radar to at least register for Part A. Yeah, I've heard they won't let you forget about that birthday, right? That's no. one you won't forget about. <laughs> <laughs> no. As no, you. between, you know, between mail in your mailbox to emails to phone calls, it's text messages, they're they're relentless. And and Honestly, to sell those plans, they do not pay much. So companies who specialize in it, they have to do masses of plans to make make it work. Uh, again, we just offered as an ancillary type thing. And sure, yeah, do we get paid for it? Yeah, we do. We get paid usually directly from the insurance company that they go through or go with, they decide to go with, but they all pay the same. So it's not like we get some incentive to push one healthcare program over the other. It's, it's all the same and it's not mm -hmm. much. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, let's go to 66 or 67. This is the full retirement age for social security. 
Yes, and sixty-seven. Uh, as, as we as each year goes by, and people are getting closer to retirement, and if their uh, birth year is nineteen sixty or sooner, uh, sixty-seven is their full retirement age. Before then, it's sixty-six, and then each year you go past the sixty-six in two months, sixty-six in four months, sixty-six in six months, sixty-six in eight months, so on and so forth. You get right. the idea. But it, if you're born after 1960, age 67 is your what you call FRA, full retirement age. And at 67 or 66, even or 66, and how many months you are, you can claim Social Security and take and still be working and still collect a full check, and you don't take any haircut like I mentioned before on your Social Security benefit. That you can you can claim it, put it in your pocket, save it, invest it. Government doesn't care what you do with it after that. But if you want to work full-time and claim Social Security, you can. Uh, now, again, right now, any for every year that you wait after your full retirement age, you get an 8% increase, which is great. Uh, there's not too many investments that guarantee it. I get it. There's these, new, these, these things called I-bonds that I've gotten tons and tons of questions about. Uh, because they're basically pegged to inflation. And right now they're paying at like 7.2%, which, yeah, that's great. There are some limitations to it, how, how much you can put in. Uh, there are uh, time limits on those things that you need to be aware of that you need to keep that money in for a certain period of time. But So yeah, those are great for a small piece of your money, but we're talking about nest egg big portfolios that uh, you need to be aware of that there's not many investments uh, that, that do pay that guaranteed 8% increase as of today. Again, could the Social Security Administration change that percentage increase each year for every year you delay after a full retirement age? Yeah, and I, I fully expect them to do that one day. That could be something that they lessen the benefit. Now, instead of 8%, could it be 6 Could it be 7 Could it be 5 Who knows? But uh, yeah, 67 or age 66, depending on what year you are born, is when your full retirement age kicks in and you cannot go past the age of 70. Once you turn 70, you have to start collecting that Social Security check if you've paid into the system and up. Some people don't pay into the system and, and they don't receive anything. But if you paid into it, age 70, the furthest you can go out. What happens if you don't claim like right away at 70? Are you just missing payments or do you miss it altogether? You know, as far as like the process on that is, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's like automatically triggered. I mean, I think okay. they inundate you and make sure that you're claiming it. Gotcha. But yeah, you you cannot go you cannot go past it at all. So it's claim it, receive your check. And if you delay it till 70, it's probably a pretty dang good benefit. I mean, you've yeah. gotten a potentially 32 or 24% increase in your benefit. So it's probably, it's probably pretty good and start putting that money to work or save it. Yeah. All right. Here's one more in the seventies, uh, age 72. And this one's changed recently, but this is when you have the RMDs take effect. Yep. So required minimum distributions changed not too long ago. They pushed it from 70 and a half to 72 now. Uh, and that was a part of a bill that you know, there were some changes. It was kind of give and take, uh, RMDs got pushed back. And one of the biggest things that they changed in, in, in retrospect of it is the stretch IRA for inherited IRAs. They got rid of those. So if people were born, excuse me, not born, if, if someone passed away uh, after 1-1 um, of 2020, uh, you have to, if you, if you receive an inherited IRA or inherit money in an IRA, now from spouse to spouse, this doesn't apply, but this is generational type thing. 
if you have to open up an inherited IRA, then you have to basically take that money out within a 10-year time frame. Before, if, if someone passed away and you received an inherited IRA, you could stretch it out over your entire life. Now, did most people do that? No, because hmm. inherited money is the quickest money ever spent. So, it, you know, the, the, you could stretch it out. Now it's a 10-year window. So that was kind of the give and take on the RMDs moving pushback. Now there's even, it's been talked about that they may, may even push it back to age 75. And it may be a phase, a phase in thing where, you know, after a certain year, it's 73. After, you know, push it down the road, then it's 74. Push it down the road, then it's 75. So they are talking about pushing it out to age 75. Most people take money out of their pre-tax accounts anyways. Uh, so, but there are, there are plenty still that don't need it. They have a pension, they have good social security benefits and they don't need their required minimum distribution out of their, or their pre-tax account, but they have to take it. And for some it's, it's kind of an annoyance because they don't need that money. Now you, once you take that RMD out, you are able to invest it, do whatever with it that you want. You just can't put it back in an IRA, but if you want to put it in a brokerage account and invest it or a savings account, IRS doesn't care. They want to see that money being taken out, pay them their tax money, federal, and again, if state tax applies, send your state that as well. But then that money's yours. Uh, so you can do with it as you choose. Now, again, We've talked about RMDs before. You can even give it to a charity, your requirement of distributions, and it counts as your RMD. You don't pay tax on it. And the 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 501c3 nonprofit receives that money. So that's a win-win. So that's something to think about. Uh, but if you have to take it, 72 is the age. You have to do it. And it, that percentage increases a little bit each year that you have to take out as you age up. So important birthdays. And again, if you have any questions about these or want to sit down and, and build a plan, get your plan in place or strategize around these certain ages, you can schedule your 360 Retirement Coach 360 session online now, blackoakam.com. But you know, no matter what age you're at currently, Ryan, the, the most important one is the next one in front of you, right? To, to kind of take care of what you need to or even just get started. Absolutely. I mean, being a part of Dave Ramsey's um Smartvester Pro Network. I mean, if you've ever listened to Dave, he says that all the time. I mean, he gives examples of people who aren't successful at all at anything they've done until they get into their 50s, 60s, 70s, and even 80s. Uh, so he loves to use those examples that, and he, and he tries to encourage people because these compound interest calculators look great if you're 21 years old and you're maxing out your Roth every single year and putting 401k money up to the match. I mean, that's that looks easy on paper, but usually you don't have as much money. You have debt at that age and you're trying to go buy a car to make yourself look important. And there's so many things out there that's going on that a lot of times this stuff doesn't get serious to people until later in life. And it's usually when they hit some type of milestone age that nudges them in the right direction. But it doesn't have to be a milestone age. It's just an age, just like January 1 is just another day. Why does it have to be this, this new, oh, you know, um, setting goals. And why can't it just be any other day? Uh, so it's the, the next one is, is definitely the most important one. And it's never, ever too late to start doing this stuff and planning around it. Again, blackoakam.com is the website. And you can also call Ryan at 470-508-0508. I know we get questions a lot to the show. So we got a couple we want to get to today before we close out this episode of Perfect Game Retirement. All right, Ryan, uh, first question came in today from Tracy in Macon, Georgia. And Tracy writes, I tend to cry anytime I talk about money. I don't really know why. That's just how I've always been. 
I'm worried I'll just end up working until I'm 80 because I'm too scared to sit down and put a plan together for my retirement. What would you do for a head case like me? <laughs> wow, she called herself a head case. <laughs> um, so Tracy, I mean, I really think there is a why there. You said I don't really know why. There is a why there. I don't think we're naturally ingrained to have this gripping of if, if it's fear is the right word uh, for you. But I mean, there's financial counselors out there. I mean, we have a financial counselor on staff and this is kind of the thing she does to work people through because sometimes money grips people and it gets a stranglehold on you almost like an addiction does. And so finding out what that why is. And usually once you figure out what that why is and start unpacking that, there's more to it. So I think talking to a financial counselor is much more needed than a financial advisor. I think a financial advisor needs to come into play because it's like almost anything else that's new you haven't done before. It You have resistance to doing it. And then once you do it, you're like, oh, that, that, that wasn't that bad or mm-hmm. that was that was much more freeing than I thought it would be. And, and I tell the same people that when I teach financial peace university, like they, they probably go there going, oh, golly, I don't really want to talk about this for the next hour with a group of people that I don't even know. Then as soon as you leave, you feel great. Uh, it's probably the same thing, Tracy, but I think talking to a financial counselor is the first thing. So finding out that what that why is and why you get so emotional uh, with money because money is emotional. It, it's it's a hugely emotional thing. So that's why I feel like I know as an advisor, I'll always have a job. Yeah, there's robos everywhere, but there's no emotion behind it whatsoever. And and having that human component to it, I think is is important. So find a financial counselor, shoot, call our office, we'll help. Um, uh, Kelly's more than willing to, to sit down and talk with people and that's what she does. So figure out that why and then get into the the kind of nuts and bolts into the weeds of things. Very good. Thank you for that question, Tracy. We appreciate it. All right. One more from Dave Nacone. He says, I, for decades, I've laddered CDs so that I have one maturing every single year. But with interest rates so low, I'm wondering if I have too much money in the bank. So how much is too much? Yeah, that's, uh, that's more of a personalized question, Dave. I mean, obviously don't go over the FDIC insurance amount. That's 250 K. Uh, I think that's a lot of money to have just liquid, not doing anything. And I mentioned I bonds earlier. Again, there's only so much you can put in I bonds. So if you are heavily tilted toward cash, I mean, you're losing eight and a half percent. I think wasn't that been the last inflation number that came yeah. out it was like 8.5. So yeah. Technically, you're losing 8.5%. doesn't feel like it because your account statements stay the same or maybe like, you know, $6.32 more because uh, they're they're just not paying a whole lot. Now, will I think those numbers will start ticking up? Yeah, as interest rates go up, those savings accounts will start going up, but they lag behind. So it's going to be a slower, slower pos- process. And I get it. The market's volatile too. So some people may say, well, if I put this money in the market, then I may lose, you know, 15%. Mm-hmm. Well, true. Yeah. You could lose even more than that, but you're guaranteed to lose eight and a half. If inflation stays the same, at least you give yourself a chance to invest some of that money. Now, again, I'm not talking about investing your emergency fund, Dave, stay the course on that. I know it's boring and yes, inflation's eating that up. Maybe you add some more to your emergency fund, but above and beyond a certain amount, everybody's different on that number. Again, Dave says six months of expenses. Some people want more than that and I'm okay with that, but maybe add some more to it just to keep up with that inflation rate. 
Yeah, great question, Dave. Uh, thanks for sending that in. If you have one for us, send it to us. Blackoakam.com is the website. You'll also find every episode there. Plus, it's the easiest way to schedule your Retirement Coach 360 session now. But you can also call Black Oak Asset Management at 470-508-0508. All right, Ryan, we'll close it out on that note. Uh, hopefully, you'll have a good birthday next time through. But for the, anyone who's getting ready to celebrate a birthday, hopefully this gave you some things to think about as you think about retirement. Now that you just said birthday, it's actually my half birthday. Not that like <laughs> as adults we celebrate that, but as right. little kids, you're like, yes, I'm six and a half. But right. yeah, I'm, it's my half birthday today as the recording of the show. Well, so happy birthday. I'll go happy have a birthday. celebrate with a beer somewhere. It's not, it's not 59 and a half though. That's the, that's the one <laughs> half that actually matters, right? I got a little ways to go for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, take care and we'll talk to you soon. All right. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.